Hey Westside family, my name is Eric Johnson and I serve on the production team. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. Love you guys and enjoy. Um, I'm excited. The title of my message today is, somebody say it with me. Can you tell in the white? Can you read it out there? No? It says, Young Warriors. All right. And so that is my message today. Um, In praying for today, I was just impressed to share um, an area in the Bible that talks about four young warriors. And these warriors really were um, incredible outstanding young individuals and they are true inspiration that we can glean from this morning but before i get into that story i need four um individuals that are from the age of 13 to 18. i just need four of you but you have to be between 13 and 18 and don't make me pick on you because i know some of your ages so can i get four of you to come up here on the stage very quickly with me if you're anywhere between 13 and 18, yeah, it looks like I'm going to be, I'm going to be, volunteer your kid. Tell your kid if you're a parent out there, you have been voluntold. No. Thank you. Thank you. Two more or one more after, come on up girls. Um, give me a guy. Give me a guy between 13 and 18. Come all the way up. Look, I'm really, I'm really giving you a doozy this morning. Come all the way up. I need one more. Someone volunteered you, Koa. I saw him quickly look to the side. Go ahead. Come on up here, son. <laughs> You've been voluntold by, was that Melissa in the back? or Yeah, you can think Melissa later. Your house will probably be TP'd this week, Melissa. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to make you stand up here a long time. I did debate. I, could, I was like, should I just let them sit up here in chairs the whole time? But that would be awful for you guys and maybe a distraction. But um, I want you to tell me your name and your age and something about you. It could be a dream you have. It could be a hobby you have. It could be like an interesting fact like, hey, did you know I've jumped off a 50-foot cliff? Um, it could be whatever, all right? And I'm going to make it start with Koa because we're going to give you girls time to think. I know he would love that. So, so my what? all right. So, so your name, your age, and something about you. Okay. All right. My name is Koa Rhodes. I'm 17, and I'm a running back in football. All right. Who's gonna go home and watch the game today? Shout out on both games, really quick. Who you want to win? Bengals. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> All right, somebody's going to lose today and somebody's going to win today and you got to get over it, all right? (laughs) But I wish you all the best and I'm not going to tell you who I'm going for because if I do, then you might not like me and listen to the rest of my message. So, all right, all right, tell us. Malia Maldonado and I'm 17 and I like working out and running. All right, okay, next. Uh, My name is Taylor, I'm 13 and I do theater. Taylor, 13, theater, Woohoo! and last one but not least. I'm Alexis, and I'm 14, and I play basketball. All right, give it up for them. Now, don't sit down yet. The reason why I brought them up here um, is because, well, let me ask you, can you guess? Who wants to take a guess of what story that I'm going to share about today that has four young 
outstanding, incredible men. Yep, yep. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> he knows. All right. I don't know how to say the like me Shadrach. I don't know how to say the names. <laughs> I heard him say it. You heard them say it. Somebody out there is giving the answer. Dennis, are you giving them the answer? <laughs> it was Bill. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to talk about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were, if you didn't know, um, they were somewhere between the ages of 13 and 18. And I wanted to give you a visual this morning of the story that we're talking about. Because sometimes when we read the Bible, we insert ourselves into that character. So when we're talking about Daniel, we, you know, I'm 46 years old. Daniel was like me. No, Daniel was like Koa standing here. When we talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we know in Jewish tradition that basically um, it was around 13 that they were given that, total, that title of a man. And so um, we, we don't know how young they were, but we know they ranged just like you see up here in these ages. So when I'm talking about young warriors this morning, I want you to understand I'm not talking about someone who has went through life and went through all these experiences and was given all of these uh, uh, instructions to fight the way these young people fought in the Word of God that we're going to walk through this morning. So I wanted to give you that visual. So thank you, guys. You can be seated. <clears throat> so I want you to keep that in your head this morning um, of who we're talking about. We're talking about young warriors. We're talking about a young generation and we have some young warriors in the house. Would all of the under-18s give me a great shout? If you're under 18, give me a good shout this morning. Jace, I know you like to talk. So go ahead and give me a big hoorah. Just give me a big shout like you're here. If you are under 18, give me a shout out. Yeah, you get to shout. You just get to go rah. One more time. One, two, three. All right, so we've got some young warriors in the house. You heard them, right? They're here today. And I want to set you up with this story. So the worst thing you can do um, on this platform is pretend like everybody already are, knows the word. The worst thing I can do is say, oh, everybody knows the story, so we're just going to give you some highlights. I want... I want, to, I want you to understand the story because even if you read it in a kid's book, maybe you missed some things. And so I hope this morning that as parents you can learn something and as kids and teenagers that all of us together can learn something. So I'm going to be referencing the book of Daniel. Um, and I'm going to be talking to you today about what happened in, a, in just a few of the, the first chapters in Daniel. So you can always go back and read there and reference it. Um, but these young guys were chosen, um, and Nebuchadnezzar um, was the king of Babylon, and he came to Jerusalem, and he besieged it. In other words, he took it over, and so now he's the big guy. He's the big boss. He's the one in control. He's the king, and he wanted some young men that he could train up. And what they did back in there that day and that time is they would take these young men and for three years they would train them. 
And at the end of that training, then they would be worthy of being in service to the king. So he specifically wanted some of those young men that were going to be chosen for this training. He wanted some of them to be the children of Israel. So he specifically said, I want you to go get me some young men, and I want you to choose from this group and this group, and I want some of those children of Israel too. And we're going to train them, and there was a specific process in that. So what's interesting There may have been more, but we know that the four were chosen. We know that Daniel was chosen. We know that Hananiah was chosen. We know that Mishael was chosen. And we know that Azariah was chosen. Now, did you know that that's their real names? Okay. They were chosen. And as soon as they were chosen, they were given new names. So Daniel was the name that he was given at birth. And his name means God is my judge. It's a pretty awesome name, right? Well, they told him, we're going to give you a new name, and your new name is Belteshazzar. And what your new name means is Bel protects his life. Now, I don't know why we say Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because we keep Daniel's real name, and we We go with everybody else's second place name for some reason. I think because it's easier to say. (laughs) But Hananiah, his name meant Yahweh is gracious. So they said, well, we don't want you to have that name. Your new name is Shadrach. And that means command of Aku. And Aku was the Babylonian god of the moon. So we're going to replace your name with a name for our god. And then they took Mishael and his name, who is like God? It's like a question. Who is like God? Well, they said, no, your name is Meshach. It means who is, uh, who is what a coup is. Like, oh, yeah, who is like your God? Well, let's give you a coup. That's who you're going to get. And then they took Azariah, whose name means Yahweh is my helper, and they changed his name to Abednego. Servant of Nebo. And Nebo was the god of wisdom. So they took these four young men, children of Israel, who had been trained and raised in the ways of God. And basically what they were doing by changing their name was saying, we want you to forget your God. We want you to forget where you came from. We want you to forget who you are and what your ways are, and we want you to conform to our God, our ways, and who we are. But these young men, they knew who they were, and they knew who they belonged to. They were children of God, and they did not conform to the ways of this new society that they had unfortunately had to become a part of. So I have this morning Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. They did not conform to the ways of the world, but they renewed their mind daily in what they knew, what they had been trained, what they had been taught. And so here they are, and now um, they are in Nebuchadnezzar's training ground, all right? 
But they did not change because of their environment, and they did not change because of their predicament. They weren't in the idea situation, being that their people had been taken over, and they were in a situation that was not by their choice. But nonetheless, they remained true and they remained faithful. And as young people, I want to remind you this morning that you will be in places and situations that may not be by your choice. You will be in environments that are out of your control at times. You will have predicaments that you wish you could get out of. But be reminded to remain true and faithful to your God. Amen? Maybe you don't get to choose the school you go to, and maybe it's not a great environment. Maybe you don't get to choose what your family's walking through. Maybe you don't get to choose certain things that you wish you could, you know, have you ever said, oh, I wish I could change this. I wish I could do this. I wish my life wasn't my life. You don't get to make that choice, but through it, you can remain faithful to God, and God will remain faithful to you. This is that story. This is a story of inspiration that we can pull from this morning. So I have basically four points, and each of those have some things to go under them. Um, But the first one we're going to start with is, number one, the attributes of a warrior. You see, these four young men, they were selected, and we need to know, well, why were they selected and some of the other ones not, right? So I'm going to read to you what they were looking for. And and they don't have it up here. I didn't give it to them. But in Daniel 1, verse 4, If you have your Bibles or if you have your phones and you pull up your Bible app, Daniel 1, 4, it tells us that the king instructed his master to go and find some young men that met these qualifications. They were to be young men in whom there was no blemish but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language Uh, and literature of the Chaldeans, which that's basically the people of of Babylon. Um, And so, number one, we read that they were to have no blemish and good-looking. Isn't that interesting that that was something that they were looking for? Can I tell you that it's important to take care of yourself? Can I get an amen? It is important to take care of yourself. They were looking for people who took care of themselves. And for us to be selected here, for them to be selected, that was important. So I just want to remind you, it is important for you to take care of yourself. It is important for you to be physically able and ready to do the work of God. And it wouldn't be fair for me to stand up here and, and, and disregard that one point. Because that's, it is important. What we eat, what we do, how we take care of ourselves, how we present ourselves is important. And for some things, there's a time and a place for things, right? Like there's some things that you might not, you might not go to an interview in a pair of sweatpants, I hope, and a sweatshirt and be like, yo, man, I'm here. I want the job. Like that's probably not the best way to present yourself, right? And so they were looking for people who presented themselves well. And so it's important to take care of yourself. Number two is they were looking for people who possessed wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Proverbs 2 says, For the Lord gives wisdom, and his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. There are numerous scriptures in the Bible that talks about the three of these, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. 
and it is a key attribute of a warrior. And I remember growing up, my mom would say, you know, when you pray, you pray and you ask for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. I didn't really know what I was praying. I'm just like, it it was sort of like every night, Lord, give me wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Let me walk in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And if you go to the book of Proverbs and you just read a proverb a day, you will find out all kinds of interesting wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of God's word. It tells us to keep our mouth shut sometimes. It tells us the way of a fool leads to destruction. Like it gives us some great wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And they were looking for young men who had wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. The third thing they were looking for is young men who had the ability um, to serve. And so being a servant means we help others, we serve others, we take care of others. So what that means, young people, it's not just about you. It's not just about what you like. It's not just about what you want. It's not just about how you feel or what's comfortable. Because I'll tell you now, serving usually is not comfortable or convenient. But they were looking for people who were willing to serve even when it wasn't fun. Even when you didn't get a prize. Even when there was nothing in it for you. Even when it didn't feel good. If someone needs help digging a ditch in the backyard, it's not going to be fun to serve. But they were looking for young men, young individuals who were willing to serve. The fourth thing they were looking for was those who might, they might teach the language and the literature of their people. So they were looking for young people who were willing and teachable. Open your heart to do new things and allow someone to teach you how to do those things. Because what we know is that they were already wise, young individuals, but they still, how many of you know we can be wise, but we don't know it all? And someone has to teach us beyond what we know, and they were willing to be taught beyond what they knew. And so I want to encourage you to allow people to teach you beyond what you know. And be willing to be taught. So these four things, taking care of yourself, the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, the ability to serve, and the willingness um, uh, and, and ability to be teachable were all the things that set them up to be selected. How many of you believe we have some young warriors that have those attributes and qualities in this building? Yes, I do. I absolutely believe that. And so... Um, When you choose to serve and you are willing and teachable, you set yourself up for a blessing from God on your life. It doesn't mean you won't have to do hard things, and it doesn't mean life will be easy, but you will position yourself for more. Amen? So the second thing is the actions of a warrior. Okay, so we're going to jump back into the story so that we can see. We've established that... um, the, the nation had been taken over by Nebuchadnezzar. We, we established that he's looking for some men to train in his army. We established that he definitely has agenda, that they're going to serve his God and do things his way. But we also see that these young individuals selected were prime individuals who were ready for whatever was at their door, right? So what we see is that the king, number one, an action of a warrior, 
is loyalty. Somebody say loyalty. So the king had a specific diet for the chosen ones. And they were to eat and drink um, things that these individuals didn't eat or drink. So Daniel, he knew if we choose to eat the delicacies of the king and we choose to drink this wine, we are going against what God has for us. We will defile our temple. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? What we put in us matters, right? And so he knew if we put this in us, we are going to defile our temple. We're going to go against our commitment and our faith in God. So Daniel, he had this great idea because he was, he was wise, right? He asked the chief in charge. He said, can we eat differently? Basically, he said, you know, we would like to just eat veggies and water. Said no young person ever. <laughs> Except Daniel. No. Um, and so he said, you know, can, can we just do that? And the guy was, the, the man in charge, he was really kind of fearful because he said, I think that you're going to look weaker. I think you're going to look worse than all the other um, young men. And so I don't, I don't think that's a great idea. So young people, can I tell you, you can come up with an idea that you think will work and somebody will easily shoot you down. That's exactly what happened to Daniel. Got shot down right away. And he's like, okay, okay, all right, gotcha, feel ya. Give me 10 days. Just give me 10 days. Give me 10 days and see what we look like compared to the others. Well, the man in charge was like, all right, I'm going to give you 10 days. And he's like, and at the end of the 10 days, you do with us whatever you see fit. Now, can you imagine the other three? They're like, whoa, 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 that's you, Daniel, not us. Don't get me involved in this. I said, okay. So at the end of the 10 days, um, what do you think happened? They looked great. They looked amazing. It actually says, um, it says at the 10 days, um, it compare, and it says at the end of the 10 days, they appeared better than those who ate the king's delicacies. It says they were fatter, fuller, healthier. They looked better. Um, some would call it foolish that Daniel was, you know, that w- what he chose to do, but he was so loyal to God, to his faith. He was so loyal that he would do anything that he had to do to remain committed. Is that not amazing? He would do whatever it took to remain faithful to God, and in the end, they looked better. God honored that. It then goes on to say that God helped them by giving them knowledge and wisdom to the things that they were taught. So all these things that they had to learn, they had such wisdom and knowledge, and they they received it, they took it, they learned it. So then when they came before the king and they were interviewed by the king, all four of them stood above the rest. It says they were ten times, somebody say ten times, better than the rest. Better, it says, than the magicians and the astrologers and the soothsayers, all of those that were in this realm that's supposed to be so wise and have all this knowledge, they were ten times better than them. So I want to challenge you as young people to remain loyal to God's word despite the challenge that is set before you, despite the inconvenience, 
because it won't always be easy to do what's right. It won't always be easy to do what you know to do because it means you have to go against the grain. Daniel had to go against the grain. They were being served all of this, and he could have just said, well, we don't want to stand out. We want, don't want anybody to be like, why are they not eating this? We don't want anyone to look down on us, or we don't want them to think we think that they're better because we w- we're better because we won't eat that. No, they just knew it was wrong. They knew they couldn't do it, and they chose not to do it. And there are things that you know is wrong, you know it's not right, and you have to make a choice right in the environment that you've been placed in whether you like your environment or not to do what's right that's a warrior you can't call yourself a warrior if you're not able to make the hard decisions when you're pressed see they were pressed but they chose to do what was right and all it took was one for the four to act Can I tell you, there's some ones in this room. You're the Daniel who's got to stand up and say, oh, no, we're not going to do that. And your three friends are going to be like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. But you're setting an example because someone has to be the one to rise up and say no. Someone has to come up with the idea of how can we do this differently? And I love that we see the example with these warriors. The next thing we see of an action of a warrior is courage. So the story goes on to tell us that the king had a dream. He was disturbed by the dream, disturbed so deeply that he couldn't sleep. And so he wanted all the magicians, all the astrologers, the sorcerers, all these wise men to come to him. And he wanted them to tell him his dream. And the problem was they wanted him to tell the dream and then they would interpret it. He said, no, 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 I don't want any lies going on. I want you to tell me what my dream was and then you interpret it. Well, they couldn't do that. They couldn't make up something. And so he was very, very angry. And he ordered that all the wise men would just be killed. He had really anger management problems, this king. And he's like, okay, you can't give me what I want, then all of you get killed. Well, guess what? Because Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were all part of that classified in that group, they come ready to kill them. And Daniel says to the king's chief, well, you know, why why is he so quick to do this? What's going on? And so he explains it to him. And so he says, guess what he does? He rises up in courage. And he said, well, I want to go talk to the king. And so he went into the king and he said, I'm going to tell you your dream. I just need time. Give me some time and I'm going to tell you your dream. So guess what the king did? He gave him time. He had the courage to go in before he ever had the answer and just make a suggestion, trusting that God would come through. Can I tell you, sometimes we just got to make a suggestion, and then we got to just get alone and get some time with God for the answer. And Daniel said, just give me some time. Time is so valuable to us. We don't always have to have the answer right then, but we know who has the answer. And if we can get alone with the one who has the answer. So he said, just give me some time. And he gave him time. Um, He had courage in the face of danger. Courage to address the issue. And what really did he have to lose? And how many of us have been guilty of losing because we didn't have courage to ask? We just took the outcome of loss because we didn't have the courage to stand and ask. But he rose up, and 
um, he took courage even if in the moment he didn't know the plan. He didn't have the knowledge of the dream. He just had the courage to step up in a time of threat. And some of you will go through seasons where you just got to have the courage to stand up in the moment of threat and then seek God for the answer. And so we see um, in the story that what ended up happening is that um, he, go over this way, um, He walked in humility, which is the next um, action of a warrior. He immediately afterwards went to his friends, and he shared with them what he had done. Hey, you know, we were all going to get killed. I went in, and I was like, I'm going to tell your dream. And they were like, what? What did you just do? <laughs> the Bible doesn't say that. <laughs> but what it does say is that he shared with them what he had done, and he, they, he asked them if they would seek the mercy of God concerning the secret of this dream so that they could all be saved. He had humility to understand that I'm not all, all, what is it, all this in a bag of chips? I need you. I need you and you and you. I need us to seek the face of God for an answer. I need your help. Because I don't have the answer yet, and I know God does, and I know he can reveal it to me. Because Daniel was known to be one that would tell the dreams. So can I encourage you young people that you can't all do it on your own? It's not about one hero, but you need people. You need three close friends that you can go to and say, hey, will you seek God with me? And Daniel really set an example to them in this. And so... Um, they knew that Daniel had been gifted, and they sought God, and guess what God did? God revealed the secret to Daniel. Now, how encouraging was that for the friends, that they sought God, and God answered? And maybe they're not going to be the ones to go to the king, but they get to be, know that they were a part of that process of Daniel being able to go to the king, right? So the next thing that we see in the story right after that is that it's revealed to Daniel. And Daniel, he turns around, and this is the fourth thing we see in the action of a warrior is thankfulness. He turns around and he thanks God. He admonishes God. He's like, God, you are so wise. You are so awesome. You are, so, you are all-knowing. I thank you. I praise you for who you are, for what you've done, that you chose to reveal the secret to me. A warrior understands that it's only through God that we can do great things, and a warrior is thankful for who God is and what God has done. As young people, you need to acknowledge, you know what? I can't do this, but God did. This is a miracle. My God is awesome. He is mighty. And be thankful for how God has worked and moved in your life. The fifth thing we see is an action of a warrior. And the last action of the warrior is confidence. So Daniel went into the king's chief. And um, he says, take me to the king. I got the answer. Walks in there with confidence. And the king says, okay, so can you really tell me what the dream is? And he goes on to tell the king not only what his dream was, but he also interprets the dream. But I love how he approached the king and how I can, why I can say to you this morning he had confidence um, is that he let him know, if you go into this area of scripture, he let him know, you know what? You're astrologers, you're magicians, you're sorcerers, you're wise men, all of them 
couldn't answer you. But there is a God in heaven who gave me the answer. He walked in there with such a confidence of all of this is nothing because my God is everything. And it's not me, but it's my God who revealed it to me. He gave all knowledge and all credit. You can only walk in that type of confidence when you know who God is and what he'll do for you. So he was very confident, and he gave honor to God. So warriors don't walk in their own confidence, but in the confidence of the God they serve, and we can be confident in God. Um, And I have here in my notes a side note. Daniel was the one used to speak, but his friends played a significant role in their salvation that day because they weren't killed because he was able to do what he did. Daniel set an example for his friends, and they reaped what they sowed. Amen? So the third area of a warrior is the reward of the warrior. And this is, this is all coming quickly. Um, they were promoted. All of this positioned Daniel and his friends for a promotion. And when we do the right thing and we do what's good and we stand up for what's right, God promotes us. He does. He gives us favor. And the second thing we see is he gives us protection. You see, there's a twist in this story. Some of you may have just thought that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was only the story with the furnace, and you didn't realize they walked with Daniel from the beginning. And all that they went through and all that they saw happen with Daniel and how Daniel stood up set an example for them and empowered them to know that in a heated moment, they could stand for the Lord as well. So the twist in the story is that after this amazing promotion, after this amazing um, breakthrough of what God did, trouble came. And how many of you have ever experienced that? Your life is going good, God's done something good, and then all of a sudden trouble comes. And it was really bad trouble because the king wanted everyone to bow to the golden image that he had created. They were to bow down and they were to worship it when all of the symbols and instruments began to sound and the music began to come. He wanted them to bow down and worship. Well, somebody had to notice that they were not doing that. And that somebody took it to heart to go let it be known that they were not doing it. There's always somebody out there that's watching us and doesn't like what we do, doesn't like what we stand for, and takes it to heart to acknowledge it and cause stink. It's exactly what that somebody that we're not given a name did. And so the king was furious. Remember, he had anger management issues. (laughs) He was so furious. He's like, you bring him to me. And he said, is this true? Because we're going to start the music here. And when the music starts playing, if you bow, we're good. And if you don't bow, I'm going to throw you into the furnace. (laughs) So I love this because um, he makes this snide comment. And he ends it with, who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? I think Nebuchadnezzar just forgot that God is the one who revealed this dream, who gave him the peace and the desire to have a party and have music. So their comment, again, we see their boldness and their courage. They let him know, we don't have to answer to you. You think he liked that? You'd really see his heated face. We don't have to answer to you. Because our God is able 
to deliver us from the fire. And not only will he deliver us from the fire, he'll deliver us from your hands. And guess what? If he doesn't, we're still not going to serve your God, and we're still not going to bow down. We'll go down in the fire. That is how loyal and committed they were. That is how courageous they were to stand up to this king. So now the king is really mad, so mad that he's like, go over there and you turn that fire up seven times more. And you throw them in it. And do you know that it actually says that the men who threw them in the fire were killed because the fire was so hot? The very men that took them to throw them in were killed because the fire was so hot. But here's the protection of God. When they looked in, how many of you know the story? There wasn't three men. There wasn't just Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But there was what? There was, I love that, Ezra, thank you. There was a fourth man in the fire with them. That was their protector. And how many of you know that you may go through the fire, you may go through some difficult things, but you don't go through it alone. Your protector is there with you. And that is what we need to understand, that we may have to do hard things. This was hard. Now, visualize again who we had standing up here. Young warriors. These were young warriors standing in the face of the enemy saying, no, I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to think, well, if I bow, if I go ahead and bow this one time, God will forgive me. It was just one time. If I go ahead and compromise with this, I won't ever do it again, God, and I know you'll give me a free pass. It was no. I serve God, and he tells me, thou shalt not have any other gods before me. It is written, and I choose to follow the written word of God, and I will not compromise. I'm not going to do it. And guess what? My God will deliver me, and he'll deliver me from your hand and your wicked ways. And if he doesn't, I'll go down in the fire because I'm going to go down remaining faithful to whom I serve. We need young warriors who are ready to go down remaining faithful to whom they serve. Ready for battle. And guess what? They came out protected. It says that they came out with no effects on their body from the fire. It says that not a hair on their head was singed. It says that they, their garments was not affected. See, they bound them up with their garments, with their clothes. You know how the, this would just go up in flames. Their garments were not affected. And it says that they didn't even smell like smoke. Have you ever fried bacon with a silky shirt on? You decide to change your clothes before you leave because you're like, I smell like bacon. Bacon's going with me everywhere today. (laughs) They didn't even smell like it. Because they had the fourth man protecting them. I want to remind you that there's nothing that you won't go through that God won't protect you. 
The rewards of a warrior is promotion, protection, and the third one is blessing. He promoted them again. These are the blessings of God. Despite what it, despite what it looked like, God was with them, and he walked through it with them, and he blessed them. And God will bless you for that type of faith. He'll bless you for standing strong. And the fourth area, and we're closing this morning, is the training of a warrior. I want to read to you, and we have it up here, 1 Timothy 4.12. And this is to young people. It says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to public reading of scripture, to preaching and teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Preserve or persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. This is instruction that Timothy, um, that we find in 1 Timothy given to the young believer. This is what's instructed of you, that you would be in the word of God, that your Bible is essential to your training. That you are young, but you can do great and mighty things. You can do hard things. You can make a difference wherever you are. You can stand up for what's right, and you can stand up for the truth of the, of the Bible. Here's the thing, parents. Training starts with you. These young men that were chosen by the king had already had a foundation when their nation had been taken over. When trouble came, when Jerusalem had been besieged, these young men already knew who they were and who they served. They had already been trained. And when they were forced into a not favorable environment, they were able to stand because it had already been instilled in them who they belonged to, the ways of God, was already embedded in their hearts and in their soul. Church is not the training ground. I'm sorry, it's not. It is a complement to what you're teaching them, your children, in your home, in your everyday life. They come here and what you've told them, they're like, hey, already knew that story of those three men in the fire because my mama told me that before I was going to bed in my nighttime story. When they're out in the youth and someone and they're being taught a message that says to fear not, you know what? Thank you for reminding me because my mom or my dad told me that I didn't have to fear, that I could walk in the strength and the might and the power of my Lord. See, we are to complement what you're doing at home. But somewhere along the way, people got it wrong. And they, oh, the church is supposed to train my kids. And then I'm just supposed to be, yep, what they taught you is true. Yep, that's right. No. You are their example. See, for every person you talk about, they learn to talk about somebody too. The gossip at your table 
is the gossip they'll have with their friends. The way you treat your spouse is how they're learning how to treat their spouse. The tone of your voice is how you're training them to have the tone of their voice with their teacher, with their friends. You're training them. You're training them. Every day, you're training. You have the most influence in their life. Do you think an hour on a Sunday morning, we can fix your problems? We can't. But we can encourage, we can love, and we can compliment. I'm being real with you this morning. It's funny, I was sitting in my house a few weeks ago with Abigail, and we were looking at some old videos. And in one of the old videos, she could barely talk, and she called water Wawa. And I said, we got to go to bed. She said, I need my Wawa. And I laughed because to this day, every single night, sometimes annoyingly, she needs water by her bed. I don't even know why we started that or when we started that, but it was something that became repetitious. And to to this day, she needs water at her bed. What are the things that we could start to teach our children now? We might think it's just, we don't even know how it's getting started, but we start it and five years from now, it's a part of their life. See, it's not too late to train and teach our children. It's not too late, even if they're out of the house. You can send them a text every day of their life. That's how an older generation communicates. They're like, I'd rather text than call. Send them like, hey, this is daddy sending you your daily devotion. This is mama with a word of encouragement to speak life. Are your children ready for battle? Are they ready to stand up for what is right? Have you been teaching them who God is? Do you impart in them that God is a healer? He moves mountains. He's a God of justice. He wants to work through your children to change the nations. Can I get an amen? He wants to work through your children to be the modern day young warriors. That in the midst of a time that they didn't choose to live in, They've been called, and they've been purposed, and they can stand up for righteousness with no compromise, and they can look at the face of the enemy and say, no, not today, Satan, because that may not have been how it was said in Nebuchadnezzar's time, but that's how it's said today. No, not today, Satan. I don't buy it. I'm not participating. I'm not doing it. I'm standing up for righteousness and who I serve. That is who is among us in the house. We have dumbed them down. We have called them immature. We have looked at them as if they're not worthy or they're not called. But can I tell you today, there is a young generation in this house that will do more than some of you. Because some of you have lost who God was when you got saved. Some of you have forgotten that he is still the healer. Some of you have forgotten how great and mighty and wonderful it is to serve the God that we serve and watch him rise up to the occasion. We have made it feel like they don't know, but can I tell you?
tell you they know our children are walking through one of the hardest times our nations have seen and there are warriors amongst us and we as parents have a responsibility to teach them to impart in them the word of god to tell them who they are in christ that they have been fearfully and wonderfully made that they are beautiful that they are called that they are strong that they are mighty that they don't have to walk in anxiety that they don't have to walk in fear but what are you teaching them is what you are saying to them opposite of how you are living. Because we have a responsibility as moms and dads to set priorities. What is your priority? Do they ever see you read the Word of God? Do they ever hear Christian music on your radio? Do they, do they ever see you pray, not just by yourself, but how do they see you interact with others? Do they ever hear you encourage someone in the Word of God? Do they ever see you pray for someone? Do they see you serving someone? What do they see in you? Because you're their teacher. The cool thing is, some of them are seeing some great things. Some of them are seeing some amazing things. They've, They've watched you do hard stuff. They've heard you tell stories. Some of them have have seen you walk through hard things and they've seen you go to the word of God and they've seen you be real. They've, they've, they've watched you say, you know, this was hard for me, but God has been faithful. Thank you. Thank you, moms and dads, for being real with your kids. For saying, you know, it wasn't easy for me to overcome this addiction, but God, God helped me they're not going to live a life free of temptation. They're not going to live a life free of hardships. But they're going to be reminded of what your life looked like when you were going through it. And mom and dad made it through it. And I can too. And they're going to come to you and say, this was hard. I don't know how you did it. You know, so many times I look back and I'm like, I don't know how I ever, my mom got through with all the things I said and did. And if you feel like I've messed up, it's too late, it's not. Start today. Get your kids in church. Let what you say at home be complimented here in this building. Don't forsake coming together. It says even more so as the time comes to the end. Get in the house. Because they need the teamwork of other warriors. They need to see other teenagers who are serving God, other teenagers who are worshiping, other teenagers who will encourage them. And guess what? They're going to fail. They're going to fall. They're going to do stupid things sometimes because what one of us in the building hasn't. But we are to gather around this young generation and believe in them and encourage them and pray for them. If you are 18 and under this morning, would you stand to your feet? Everybody who's 18 and under, would you stand? Eighteen and under. Some of them are younger this morning than others. Now, what's interesting this morning is 
We didn't have a slew of people running up to the stage, right? It takes courage to get up here. To be honest, if I asked for four adults, it'd be hard for four adults to come up here. <laughs> like, oh, I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be... Look around the building at this generation. They're going to do great and mighty things. Not tomorrow, today. Their calling isn't five years out, ten years down the road. Their calling is today. This group that you see here today is going to do great and mighty things for God today. They're called in their schools right now. They're called in their homes right now. And I believe in them. I believe in each one of you. So this morning, would you stand? And if your child is here, I want you to gather around them. If it's your child, if you're a guardian, if you're a grandparent, if it's your family member, I want you to gather around your kids. And if you're here this morning and your kids aren't here, then I want you to stretch your hands out towards whatever families that you see. And I want you this morning to pray with these families that God will protect them that God will bless them and give them favor that God will keep them and I want you to ask the Lord if you need to ask for forgiveness this morning as an adult that you maybe haven't taken your training so seriously that God would forgive you and help you to train your children if you're a kid here this morning and you haven't always stood up for what's right and you've compromised, you can ask God this morning, forgive me for compromising. Forgive me for not choosing to stand up for righteousness when I should have, for not speaking up when I should have. Ask the Lord to give you courage and boldness and strength. This morning, I want us to pray over our family unit because you see, ultimately, the enemy comes against a family unit because he wants to break down moms and dads and he wants to break down children. He doesn't want to see the totality and the fullness of what God has for us as a family. But this morning, we're going to come against that. And I just want us to acknowledge that we have warriors. There's some Daniels. There's some Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's. There's some that are watching from the sidelines that will rise up. And there's some that are in the midst right now doing great and mighty things. So, Heavenly Father, you see each and every one of these families this morning. God, you see what you've called them to. Lord, you see where they're at, that they were born in such a time as this. They're called for such a time as this to do great and mighty things. Lord God, we call down fire from heaven upon our students, upon our young people. We ask, Lord, that you would fill them. It says in the last days that you're going to pour out your spirit on all of them, Lord. And God, we ask that they would begin to rise up in the gifts that you've called them to, that they would begin to rise up in the spirit and be able to do great and mighty things that's not through them, 
but it's because of you. Lord, we ask that their prayers would be heard and answered just like you did for Daniel. That, Lord, when they put their foot out and, God, they're trusting you, that you would meet them and they would see the miraculous and they would know that you have moved on their behalf. God, I ask that you would help them to stand up to the face of the enemy and say, no, not today, Satan. I choose you, God. I choose life. I choose your word that, God, you would help us as parents to teach our children, that you would help us and give them a, a word that is encouraging, that shows them that we can guide them and we can love on them and we can help them to go into the calling that you have designed them for. Lord, let us not look at them as if they're nothing, but let us look at them as if they're everything, Father. Help us, Lord Jesus. Help us with our families, God. Help us as individuals to draw closer to you. Let the word be first in our lives, God. Your word. Let it soak in our soul and let us give it out to our family and to those beyond that you would have us to minister to. Let us stand up and do the hard things, God. Father, I thank you for these families. God, I thank you that this morning, if there's those parents that feel inadequate, that, Lord, you are encouraging them in their spirit, that you will give them the words to speak, that you will show them that they just have to open up the word of God. And as they open up the word of God, you'll help them to give to their families what they have need of. That, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for our church family, that we're not alone, but as a church family, we can help one another. But as a church family, we can show each other the way. Father, I thank you this morning that when they come in here into church, that, God, there'll be confirmation of what they're learning. There'll be confirmation of what you're doing in their life. That, Lord, they will be empowered for more of you and more of what you have for them. God, we thank you. We thank you for these young warriors, God. We thank you this morning that they're doing hard things in hard places, but you are their strength. You are their joy. You are their peace. Lord, we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Would you just love on your family this morning? If you haven't told them in a long time, just tell them I love you. I love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.